Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Reviews from the Crawl Space, a podcast where we review an inherited final collection, three albums at a time, at random at a time. They're not predetermined in any way, they're just whatever shit show we happen to grab out of there. That's what we're reviewing that day. I am Douglas. And I'm Vicky. And um, anything you would like to... Oh, you know, one thing I would like to say before we start is that if you are listening to this uh, this podcast, definitely feel free to go onto Spotify um, and check out some of these albums um, that we've... I'm saying I'm um, too much. That we've reviewed. I, I avoid putting oh. snippets. Yeah. I avoid putting snippets of music in there because I don't want to start going down the road of copyright infringement and all that rigmarole nonsense. So... Please check out the music that we listen to, and yeah, if you agree with us or if we're worse than Hitler, Hitler, let us know. Let us know your feelings on these albums. And I just say that I know we say this at the usually at the end, but we are on the Twitters. We are uh, the, the Twitter handle is rftcs1 at rftcs1. Uh, we are on the Instagrams just as reviews from the crawl space. All uh, one word. All one word as as one word, but spelled out like just and um. Yeah, this podcast can be found pretty much everywhere, especially if you're listening to it. Yeah, you found us! Yay! And thank you. Thank you, and thank you yes. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd mention that. Anything you'd like to add before we get cracking? Um, uh, no. Okay. Well, Not that I can think of. Cracking, let's get. So, Vicky, if that is your real name. Douglas. <laughs> what do you got for us? Okay, the three albums that we're reviewing today are... Rod Stewart, Every Picture Tells a Story. Uh, we've had a little bit of a Rod Stewart theme lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ZZ Top, Afterburner. And Cat Stevens, Tea for the Tillerman. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Um, it's funny because in the Wikipedia page it says it's pronounced Z-Z-E-E-Z-E-E. <laughs> yeah, ZZ, yeah. <laughs> but I like your pronunciation. It's funny. ZZ, yeah. Canadian, eh? That's Canadian, yeah. Okay, let's dig right in here. Rod Stewart, who we just did last week to some degree, is a British rock singer and songwriter. Every Picture Tells a Story is Rod Stewart's third studio album. Solo. So, yeah, so that's still surprising. That's his third. Yeah, totally agree with you. 71. For context, I, I have some context for later. Okay. As to what came before and after. Uh, it went to number one on both the UK and the US charts. The album was a critical success and was ranked 172 on the Rolling Stones' 2003 list of 500 Greatest Albums of All Times. Mm. Now, I did I did some checking, and I found uh, another statement that said it maintained the rank in the 2012 revised list. Oh, okay. So, I was wondering, <clears throat> um, it kind of made me wonder where it sat today, but the... the the least I could find was the, yeah, the newest information we could find. Yeah. Um, so this album included a mixture of rock, blues, soul, and folk, and it includes Rod Stewart's breakout hit, Maggie May. Mm -hmm. All five members of the Faces appear on this album to varying, varying degrees. That's what I was saying. It's Faces Light. With Ronnie Wood co-writing the first song on the album, Every Picture Tells a Story. A Rolling Stone magazine re magazine review of the album said it was said boring as half of it may be. There is enough that an unqualifiedly magnificent on the other half. Okay. 
Did that make sense? I don't know if that last part did, but I agree with his general statement. So boring as half of it may yeah. be, there is enough that is unqualifiedly magnificent on the other half. Good enough. Sounds better. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, Rod Stewart was the producer, yeah. so I don't have to give you any information on him. No. Uh, the track listing. Uh, side one, every picture tells a story. Seems like a long time. That's all right. Tomorrow is such a long time. Side two is Maggie May, Mandolin Wynn. I know I'm losing you and reason to believe. The entire playtime of the album is 40 minutes and 31 seconds. Yeah, which is a, a good length. Yeah. Um, I know we've kind of we've kind of had our patterns before, but uh, yeah, we we'll stick to it. Usually, I was gonna say we could just continue reading my my crap, go through my crap, and then talk about it, but uh huh. We should talk about it here. So, what's your thoughts on this one? I may or may not have owned this album. I think you did. You were singing a lot of it. I mean, I mean, the a songs. A lot of the it hits, was radio stuff. Yeah, the though. hits are well known. Yeah, no question. I agree with. For me, I agree with that that statement from the Rolling Stone because that was actually what I had said to you. Yeah, at one you definitely point, did. Yeah, was that you know? Yeah, half of it was filler and half of it was fantastic. Yeah, for me, it's very. It was very nostalgic. Mm, oh yeah. Because back in the day when you had radio as your only. Thing to listen to when you're in the car yeah my radio was always on music's always been very important to me and i never went anywhere without my car radio on so like i said a lot of these songs are radio friendly they were played on the radio and that's probably well the hits are how i know a lot know a lot of them the hits are good songs like i, I enjoy uh i still think the cover the cover song is the best song on here uh every picture tells a story no not on that cover Maggie song May. No, no. And the win? <laughs> I'll get it. I've only got eight chances. That, that one is a Temptations cover. Oh, uh, I know I'm losing you. Yeah, and that's the best song on the album by, by a pretty good margin. But uh, yeah, there's like I said, there's three or four good, really good songs, and then there's a bunch of background noise. I, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, it's weird. So, okay, sorry. You had. To, I want to go back here for a sec. You said you had some context for what before and after. Oh, so context for this was uh, this album came out in nineteen seventy one. Yeah. So the album before this was Gasoline Alley, which was a big one for him. And the one that came after in nineteen seventy two was Never a Dull Moment, which I'm pretty sure is in the collection. I don't think Gasoline Alley is, but the other one will. Yeah. Be, probably. And yeah, apparently for like for me, this is like in terms of Rod Stewart by himself. I've never been a big fan of his because like he really gets into not far down the road from this album he really gets into like adult soft rock bullshit and uh it's really gross and and of course you know all the stuff I and mean, we, we never really talked about it we're listening to the album all the other stuff about you know stuff in his belly he he, he had a stomach pump you know the story right yeah yeah i think i did hear yeah, that yeah hey you know what if you like sperm that's not neither here nor there right <laughs> it's not for us to judge it's not for us to judge i'm judging the music <laughs> I'm honestly, and people are like, always like, oh, you know, it all they had a stomach pump and all the sperm in it. I don't care. He didn't fucking like diddle a kid. So you know what? If that's the worst he's got going, is that he likes he, he likes, likes to some, bar fight. He likes bar fighting and he likes cock. That's fine. Whatever. It's the music, right? We're here for the music. <laughs> not judging. He's not Michael Jackson. He's not Peter Frampton. So. Well, and I think at one point, um... <laughs> uh, like, like I said, the, I've never been a huge fan of his, but those couple songs on here are really good. Um, but never come back to this album. And I think at one point I just said, like, his voice just sounds like he's gargling gravel. Yeah, he's got that raspy kind of whiskey he's, voice. He's just kind of got a weird voice. That's and 
he's famous for that. That's okay. Yeah. But that's just my observation. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, so, we, I mean, we were going to say there were like the, the actual star rating for the, for the end, but uh, is this an album that you go back to and like and listen to as a whole again, though? No, probably not. No, because even if we had it in our collection, like we have, we have it now in the collection, and if that was the only way, we talked about this before, if that was the only way we could listen to music because everything was set back technologically or whatever, I would still probably not listen to this album again. No. Even though it's got some great songs on it. Yeah, I would probably, if we were to pull it out, you'd only drop it. Of, you'd pick and choose. Maybe drop it in a couple of songs. Three and that'd or four be songs, it. yeah. Yeah, it's not a start to finish album. If you couldn't just throw them on your playlist. Um... Yeah, Mandela Wind is one that I like, mm-hmm. uh, and Reason to Believe, so I'm kind of different on the songs that, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know I'm Losing You is good too, oh, that's good. That's good. and so is Maggie May. Hard driving beat. But uh, those other two songs are more up my hmm. alleyway. Um, so yeah, okay, uh, Every Picture Tells a Story, Rod Stewart, Mercury, Catalog, SRM 1-609, it's an original pressing. Canada 71 condition the cover it, it, I, I give it poor in the end because it's faded it's ripped um, the vinyl sticks out the bottom of the fucking case yeah, the gatefold is ripped so the case is not in great condition it's definitely been around in a crawl space or otherwise parties like it's it's used I imagine your mom probably dragged that to a few parties in her day I don't know we've been saying we've been just blaming my mom for some good and bad albums and they turned out to be my dad's doing so i don't know if we should keep going with blaming my mom for everything keep the focus where it belongs what about your dad <laughs> my dad yes. okay maybe your dad dragged this to a party yeah no doubt ah uh, yeah it's so weird yeah i don't know we'll find out i guess after the work we always find out facts afterwards so yeah after they listen to the podcast uh there's no sleeve uh the vinyl is in decent shape actually considering it had a few minor scratches and there was a this one has the one had the fatal skip right at the end again. last song yeah last again. song again last song signed too yeah so weird but other than that it, it was fine and audio wise i said it mostly sounded good it needs it needs cleaning it's a little bit faded but i, I thought it was all right yeah compared to some of the stuff we've listened to yeah the new needles making a difference but we've also come across some other issues again already we think the motor's dying in our turntable it's neither here nor there um <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to go, there's quite a bit of people here. So, design and illustration by a guy named John Craig, which I'm pretty sure we've just had on the show. Art direction by Des Strobel, which we definitely have had on the show. Uh, back cover photo by Aaron Six, which I'm also sure we had on the show. And front photos by somebody named Lisa Margolis, which I'm also sure we had on the show. So, yeah, literally for John, uh, if you want a description of who John Craig is, into our last podcast when I talked about him because that's where he was is in the last podcast uh, oh on that Faces for Faces album? for Faces yep or the Rod Stewart slash the slot, yeah whatever so uh, other stuff he's worked with Buddy Miles Uriah Heap Smashing Pumpkins we just talked about this guy yeah same with Desmond uh, description in the previous episode worked with Andy Bone Fleetwood Mac Captain Beefheart like and I'm skipping over these guys because we've covered them already but these guys definitely have a lot of uh, influence and you know, iconic album. Like once again, I can't stress enough how much art goes on in the background. You're like, oh, the Zeppelin album, but there's so much shit that goes on with the case and artists involved, and so I, I want to give these people yeah, right down to the fonts. Yeah, like, to the fonts. Yeah, right down to the fonts. I want to give everybody their fair share and the colors and. Uh, so Aaron, Aaron Six, Aaron is born in Germany, uh, moved to the U.S., graduated from UCLA with a degree in film and uh, photography, became uh, began photography 
photographing, there we are, musicians in 1969, but his breakout was this album here. And this really kind of launched his career when he was able to do just some of the photos, just the photo work for Aaron Six. So just like the actual photo of him there, photos there, that's it. Wow. That's, I know, it's it's so frustrating. It's, yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's about being in the right spot at the right time. I guess. Being, you know, like so many of these artists, especially photographers, like, oh, you know, I happen to live in New York or, or, or LA, just having to take pictures of musicians and that, that's it. Like seriously, that's that is it. Nowadays, yeah, because uh, those aren't any can't do that shit. Any kind of there's nothing special. spectacular no, photos. Nothing. I, I, think I could about, have taken those with my iPhone. Yeah, anybody could. Well, have. not my iPhone. No, but that's like, yeah, point taken for sure. Uh, he's worked with David Bowie, The Who, Kinks, uh, CSN. Aaron, the Aaron guy who does the photos, usually just does photos. He does not so much in the terms of covers, but just photos of the of the artists. Gotcha. So, yeah, that um, go on the covers. And just in the side note, I said he was asked by Universal in 2000 if he had any unseen photos of Rod Stewart for the special edition collection they were putting together, and he did. So he had a whole bunch of photos that had been sitting in storage for over 35 or 35 years at that stage, huh. and he ended up digging them out for this special and edition. And probably got paid handsomely for them. I don't know. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, uh, Lisa Margolis Marcos. photography. So she's still clicking away. Still active. A lot of these guy, a lot of these guys and gals, um, all seem to live in Santa Monica or in California or New York. So you only have like these very few choices. She began her career uh, shooting musicians and rock and roll shows uh, as a kid in high school. Once again, they just show up to start shooting things. But it's different though. Once again, back in the day, like we we're having a conversation with my parents about the Alice Cooper album. You know, my mom, my mom talked about them seeing them at a, a high school, literally in Southern Ontario, like the back in the day when you could see these guys in like nothing. But did she say she's paid something like $2.50? Two, yeah, yeah, it was like a buck or two just to yeah. see, you know, Alice Cooper. So it, it just blows my mind. Like you, you, there's no way none of that happens today. Got to get into one of these shows. You probably need $200. Oh, <laughs> probably five ID. or six. You're not getting your camera in that fucking show. No, I mean, you have your no. phone, but no real camera. Yeah, it's no. just, it's so different. Uh, she's been published in countless magazines and newspapers. Has worked with Rod Stewart, but um, other things she does a lot more various movie soundtracks, uh, like um, designing Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, Dunkirk, Interstellar, stuff like that. And that's it for me. I said notes and shit. And I said very good half album. Soundfield was okay. It's three, three or four decent hits. So the best song is a cover. Three point five. Interesting. What you? Um, what do I rate it? Yeah, anything. Give me, give me some good, good stuff there. I rated it, it 2.5. 2.5, wow. Out of 5. I obviously like the songs a little bit more than you, which is weird because you were the one who was singing through the whole entire album. Yeah, it's funny. I can't uh, I can't think of something that I did yesterday, but <laughs> man, I've got those lyrics got the from lyrics. the 70s stuck in my head. <laughs> so that's funny that we uh, give it a higher rating, yeah. You gave it 3.5? 3.5, yeah. Um, some other of the stuff that we talk about is that a lot of our information we get from Discogs. We're cataloging the the record collection as we go along and putting it into Discogs. So, uh, two, 335 people on that platform uh, have this album. 38 want it. There are 17 for sale from $10. The average rating is 3.9 out of 5 with 21 ratings. And the album is worth $14 in bad condition. 
$21.98 in mid condition and $29.95 in good condition. Hmm. I figured there'd be a ton of these out there. I didn't think they'd get so much for them still. It's funny, you know, um, reading some of these ratings and stats and stuff, I, I really wonder how many people, like to, to us, Discogs is, you know, the greatest thing to oh, catalog your record collection it's on. Extremely, extremely useful tool, yes. Yeah, but uh, it just doesn't seem like they have a lot of people on it, which is a shame. Because I don't think that's they don't have a lot of people on it. They don't have a lot of people interacting with those kinds of scores. Cause like, I suppose, I, yeah. Out of our entire collection, I've probably maybe just done a dozen albums where I've given, you know, star ratings to. This is, more. Well, I do it more now than I had before. So, yeah, I know. Well, I, and we also don't go in, like, there's a spot where you can rate your album cover and your I, album sometimes i do yeah um we don't necessarily always do that I've so done it less than less than six times at the top it tells you in three categories what your record collection's worth so um mm -hmm. we should be a little bit more okay are you done here consistent with that are you done are you done yes. okay i i think that we should just move on oh okay <laughs> moving right along on to zz top they are an American rock band from Houston, uh, formed in 1969. Originally a blues band, they evolved during their career. Afterburner was their ninth studio album, released in 1985, and it was financially successful, uh, going several times platinum and achieving yeah. several hit singles. All songs were written by the band, and the album was produced by a guy named Bill Ham. He was the band's manager, producer, image maker. He was also referred to in his bio as an American impresario. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, impresario. Impresario, I know what you meant. Impresario. Yeah. And I actually went to look it up because, uh, and all it means is what I just said, is that he was a manager, producer, and image maker. <laughs> <laughs> those things you just said the whole one thing and people look it up afterwards yeah he was cool. American impresario yeah. <laughs> uh, the track listing on this is um, Fart Noise Sleeping Bag which was a number 8 on Billboard yeah it was a hit yeah. Stages which was a single number 21 on Billboard Woke Up With Wood oh yeah I did read that a lot of their lyrics are sexually yeah. sexual innu innuendos Nothing new there. But yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, Rough Boy, which was also a single, uh, came 22 on Billboard. Can't Stop Rockin'. Side 2, Planet of Women, I Got the Message. Velcro Fly, which was also a single. Mm -hmm. So it was number 35 on Billboard. Uh, Dipping Low in the Lap of Luxury. And a song called Delirious. And this album is 37 minutes and 2 seconds. Yeah. This album is trash. Can't get this time back. No, fuck. I know. We listened to some terrible things. This is definitely yes, up, this yeah. is definitely up there in terms of terrible things. I um wow, I don't even know where I want to start with this. The first of all, it would show you what a sad state of the world was in nineteen eighty five where this was a fucking would you say triple platinum? Yeah. Ugh. It's so it represents everything that I hate about early eighties early to mid eighties music. You know, they've taken like it's like when everybody was trying to do disco. It's the same fucking bullshit with these electronic drum sounds. And like, honestly, it sounds like music from The Running Man. And the lyrics, they can talk about them being, you know, you know, sexually charged or whatever. 
so what they're on the same level as like Van Halen. It's fucking dumb. Like a fifteen year old could have written this stuff. It's so dumb. All of it's so dumb. It sounded dumb. I fucking hate it. Yeah, it's funny because you put this album on and you know, it's to me it's just the same It's the same, yes. The same from start to finish. Same riffs. Your eyes just kinda of glaze over, you stop listening to lyrics so dumb. and pray for the end to come. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it offers nothing, and it just blows my mind that it was so popular, but it's so devoid of anything original or... Oh, man, yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's a, it's what I hate about the 80s, and... um, Oh, shit, there was one more thing, but you know what? I'm going to go on with my... Uh, I, I will say before I get into uh, doing my part here, was I, I have clear memories of listening to some of this album as a kid. Yeah. Sleeping Bag. Um, what was that one other one you said on the back side that was... Uh, Rough Boy? No, no, not rough boy. Velcro uh, fly. Velcro fly. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Listening to it now is immediately just ears in recoil. In horror. <laughs> what the fuck? So, anyways. Just want to add one oh, more thing. Yeah. To put this into com- context, yeah. the Eliminator was released in 1983, and Six Pack was released in 1987. be interesting to see if any. So, that's the before and after. Yeah. See if it's interesting if either of those end up in the collection. I don't think that they are. For some reason. Personally, much like not. Nat King Cole, I yeah. hope we have no more Never. ZZ Top <laughs> in this collection. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, way to go ZZ Top for making me miss the days of Moon Martin. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Afterburner, uh, ZZ Top. Yeah, I'm saying I'm sticking with ZZ Top because fuck you. Um, <laughs> and when I say you, I just mean the real you as in like everybody. Uh, Warner Brothers catalog 92-53421, Canada 85. This is an original pressing, but it's also listed as a quality pressing, which I find laughable in various degrees. Um, condition cover, I said medium okay. The corners are a little bashed in, but the whole thing is flimsy. It's one of those cheap, cheapo 80 dealies where you could just push it through with your thumb and it's probably the best thing for it anyway. Uh, the vinyl's okay. It's really worn. It's dirty. It's got some scratches, hiss, pop. And I think there was a skip in this one, too, which made things worse. I think there's one point I kept just, like, looping over and over and over and over. And panic started set in at one point. <laughs> uh, the audio was another thing I absolutely hate about this album. It's flat 80s bullshit. There's no sound field. There's no depth to it. It's just, like, an AM radio. One speaker, and it's all coming out of it, and it all sounds terrible. <laughs> So Art Direction and Design by Jeff Aeroff, uh, Jerry McManus, uh, the, her, her married name is Hayden, Hayden, and somebody listed as Summers, which there's nothing anywhere, anywhere ever. That happens a lot. <laughs> Illustration. Um, also, if you guys are not familiar with the Afterburner cover and you're not looking at it, it's the one with the, I don't know, it's supposed to be the low-ride car, space car. Oh, yeah, it was actually an illustration. So yeah, that, whatever that is. Whatever that is, it was done by Barry Jackson. So we'll start to talk with Jeff. Jeff was an American record record exec. Record exec. Wow. I don't know, my brain does not want to participate in this <laughs> ZZ Top bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, Jeff was a <clears throat> exec for AM, Warner, Virgin, and Apple Records, which is not Apple as in the computer, but Apple Records is in the Beatles fucking label. Founded, he founded Rock the Vote in 1990 in response to a censorship campaign against artists' use of language and music. Um, developed visual campaigns for the police, Peter Frampton, Talking Heads, Smashing Pumpkins. 
And, and actually, this is one of the rare ones where this guy is doing this design work. He actually started out as an entertainment lawyer, which is really rare. Usually oh. they all start out as something else, that art kind of crap. And he started as an entertainment lawyer and then got into it as an exec and then started doing stuff from there. So oh, interesting. Influencing from there. Um, Jerry, uh, actually, she still has a, um, a design studio called smogdesign.com. Um, an American graphic designer, working with many labels and artists over her long career. Nominated for a Grammy in 85 for AHA's Hunting High and Low. Has worked with Gordon Lightfoot, Madonna, AHA, Van Halen. Uh, once again, um, I, I'm skipping over the, what these, some of the impact these people have just because there isn't enough time. Honestly, some of these people have more going on in their bio than some of the music artists. It's kind of bonkers, so... I'm turning these pages and pages down to paragraphs so we can get on with our lives. Yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, sometimes you run across albums But where... it's really worth it, though. Like, some of these people are, like I said, super talented and have done a lot of stuff. And I feel bad that we skip over them, but, jeez, 24 hours. Well, there's only 24 hours, and, you know, like you said, some of them uh, you can find all kinds of stuff about. Some of them you can't, you know. it's Oh, totally, yes. It's just about the people who yes, yes, yes. take care of that online presence for them as to what you can find. And Billy, uh, Bear, Billy, Barry, the illustrator, uh, is an American uh, production designer and writer. Began uh, work in the early 1990s, so he's probably one of the, the younger people that I've researched. He started, actually, this guy who did the illustrations for this, he actually started out doing storyboard uh, storyboards for movies and illustrating kids books and then when he started doing that then he's like oh shit well i'm gonna try my hand at some album covers so he's done uh, zz top uh dio neil young and the band and like i said summers i got nothing on so um you want to finish up your yeah um on or? disc discogs there are 17 for sale from five dollars and 35 cents 263 people have this album 38 want it <sighs> The rating is 4.16 out of 5. Fuck out of here. With 19 ratings. Who are um, these people? Why are they so sad and angry? Or why are they so angry with themselves? I don't know. Um, in bad condition, $2.95. In mid condition, $6. And in good condition, $12.61. Well, yeah. So would you give this album filled with boring, lazy guitar riffs and electronic 80s drum sounds? I gave them one out of five for the beards. Wow. I gave them zero out of five because I don't want to encourage them at all. <laughs> I said burn and destroy. <laughs> well, you're doing one of your crazy dances on top of it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even deserve my energy for a dance. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate this album. Anyways, that's gone. So let's, let's move on. Let's move on. We moved on from the other move one on fast. Move on from the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the third album. Third album. Which was one I was really excited to listen to again is Cat Stevens. Um, Tea for the Tillerman. So Cat Stevens, now known as Yusuf Islam, and was born Stephen Dimitri Georgiou, mm-hmm is a British singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. His styles are folk, rock, pop, and later in his career, he focused on Islamic music. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. In 1977, he converted to Islam, auctioned off all of his guitars and left music to pursue education and philanthropic causes in the Muslim community. He has since purchased back one of those guitars that he auctioned off. 
Come, and got back into music. Slowly come around again. Yeah. Uh, so T for the Tillerman was his fourth studio album released in 1970. It was produced by a fellow name of Paul Samuel Smith, who was an English musician and record producer. He was a founding member of the Yardbirds uh, with Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page. He co-produced and engineered much of the Yardbeard music. He also produced albums for Jethro Tull, Carly Simon and Krista Berg. This album went three times platinum in the U.S., which is three million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rolling Stone has it on their 500 greatest albums of all time at 206. We've had a few of those lately. Yeah. Yeah, we have for sure. And this one deservedly needs to be there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the track listing is Where Do the Children Play? Hard-Headed Woman, Wild World, Sad Lisa, Miles From Nowhere, Two, but I might die tonight. Longer boats into white, on the road to find out. Father and son, and tea for the Tillerman. The entire album is thirty-five minutes and fifty-eight seconds. Mm, that's short. And there is not a bad song on this album, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, no, uh, no. I'm gonna say because there really isn't anything in terms of because Cat Stevens is the cover artist. There really isn't much here. So let me burn my burn up my stuff, and then we'll talk about the album. Okay. Um, so T for the Tillerman, Cat Stevens. Uh, this is a limited edition. Uh, we call it a reissue, but it's like a remaster. It's one of the half-speed remasters. Yeah, it's an audiophile. And um, so a and Records, catalog SPJ-4280, Canada, 1980. So the album came out and you said 71, 70, 71? Uh, 70... It's okay. It doesn't matter. This yeah. this version of the album came out in 1980. Uh, the condition, the, you know what? This is in, in really great 70. condition. So yeah, seven. Okay. Um, this is a, the cover is a great. It's know, almost mint. Uh, yeah, almost mint. I would. I'm gonna put it that way. Almost mint. Yeah. Very good. Clean. There's no stains. The sleeve is good. It's got this plastic felt combination jobby in there. Uh, the vinyl itself, very good. Scratch free. Um, I would say once again near mint. Yeah. This is probably the best conditioned album that we've seen so far other than maybe other one and audio wise this is the best album so far in the collection i think in terms of how clean and rich and full and the sound field is this sound we listen we listened to this one a couple times drop the needle on this couple this sounded fucking great this is the like out of all the stuff that we've listened to this is like a number one and i wish more of it sounded like this would be less less painful yeah it was clear and clean and Everything about it, yeah, yeah it was a well good, engineered and good, good reproduction for sure. Um, so I said the cover for this one for T for the Tillerman, that's Cat Stevens. Uh, he did his own, and I think really all of his credits that he has are for his own albums. He's just got his own artwork for everything that listed, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's it. So everything else is notes now. So that's what I mean. I had nothing really for this album, just because it's so straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. This is a great album from start to finish. Um, I this is the singing, the singing, songwriting, folk stuff. I'm not a huge fan of this genre necessarily, but this is this is fucking great. Um, the sound field was amazing. Like I said, excellent writing. The only the uh, I, this is an absolute recommend must own kind of thing. The only weak points, and I have two of them here, is that. He does in his writing, and you say that after this he goes on, he changes his name and goes to. He does rely on his in his music, uh, religion as a crutch a little bit. 
um, you know, to explain away things or, you know, the whole game. It just, it, that part kind of sucks, but there's so much good stuff here that I'm willing to easily overlook it because it, yeah, it's, it's pretty, fa fa pretty fantastic. Uh, I like the cover illustration and I like that, that it was short, like 35 minutes of good length. Good songs on each side. Yeah, the songs weren't all that long either. Like no. each individual song. No, you're right about that. And the only song that I really didn't like was Longer Boats. Ah, uh, yeah. I did not give a shit about that song. That's funny because I woke up singing that in my head this morning. <laughs> of course, yeah. No, that's the only song I didn't like. And But everything else is fantastic. What about you? Well, this album had two singles. One was Wild World and the other one's Father and Son. Father and Son, those are my two standouts. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, I I ha I own this album. Yeah, uh, when it came out, and I, I played the shit out of it, and I really, really, I I re it's one of my favorites, and I agree with you, must own. Yeah, um, he's back to making music again, which is really great, and uh, although I have to admit, I haven't listened to any of his newer stuff. No, um, no, I just uh, yeah, well, we'll have to take a look at it. It's probably not any much different than his old stuff. I, uh, we don't know that. Yeah, okay. So yeah, point. we'll have to check it out. So context on this, the, the mm -hmm. album before this in 1970, which obviously he put out two that year, Monobone Jacon, and the one after it was Teaser and the Firecat, which I'm pretty sure that I owned as well, but not as memorable as... This one. This one. Two for Tillerman. Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, the two songs, that's what I said, the two standouts were Father and Son and Wild World and Father and Son. If you're wondering, like, oh, uh, the end uh, our Towards the end of um, Guardians Galaxy Two, there's a, there's a big <laughs> montage over that part. Yeah, it was wasn't it one of Krill's? No, um, what's his face? Is uh, I don't want to call him from The Walking Dead. He's from a million other things in that. But but what's his face died? Yeah. Oh right 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 the, yeah, the blue guy. yeah 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 yeah. So yes, whole, I do remember that now. A whole yeah, big thing there. So yeah, that when that real... character dies and they're they're doing his funeral. Yeah. Because he was more like a father. Well, yes, too. yes, exactly. Hence the, hence the song, Father and Son. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. I knew it was there, but I couldn't remember how it fit in. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your... Yeah, and for some reason, my brain ties everything to music like that. It's like a movies or TV. Absolutely or nothing movie, wrong with that. real life, it's like, okay, what was, what was on at the time? What was playing? Oh, yeah, this, okay. I've kind of started in a little lesser of a way to do that as well. Um, your influence on me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can, Doug's the kind of guy he could listen to, you could put an instrumental soundtrack on, on the, yeah, Spotify. on Spotify yeah. and he could tell you pretty quickly what movie it's from, which right off to where in the movie. It, yeah. And it just totally blows <laughs> me away that he's got that kind of relationship with movies and music in his head. Mm -hmm. Even Rain Man can count cards. Yeah. <laughs> so we all have our thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cool thing to have, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, so this one has six for sale from seventeen dollars and seventy nine cents. Yeah. One hundred and three people have it. One hundred and forty four people want it. Mm -hmm. The average rating is four point one eight out of five, with eleven ratings. I gave it five. And the... um, yeah, and I will give it five out of five as well. Um, so uh, in its lowest form. If it's all banged up, it's $14.94, uh, dollars for mid-grade, and $78.78. $78 for this version, man. That's nuts. That's... I think we could get more for ours than that. 
if we I, so I under, chose to sell it. I understand it. why, because if it's in good condition like this one is, it sounds pretty fucking amazing. Uh-huh. I get why. Yeah. But and still, it's almost It's a much 80, beloved album. $80 for vinyl, that's... Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it's something that's been pissed on by rats, I'm sure. <laughs> but it still looks good. No, I think it got protected somehow. Yes. <laughs> Lesser albums took the, took the blow. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't Z Top. It wasn't Z Top. It was a Z Top smell. <laughs> no. Anyway. It was in there with it. Yes, but... it was, yeah. So anything you want to add? Um, No. Like Doug said, go buy this. If you don't have it, buy it. Download it. Go or, listen yeah, to it on Spotify. Listen, listen, to, listen to it on Spotify for yeah. sure. That's uh, Definitely do that if you guys get the chance out there so you have an idea of what we're talking to. Yeah. And you don't have to listen to all that ZZ Top album. Just like part of one song. You'll get it. You'll understand why what's going on. So. <laughs> and just uh, for reference, to date we've listened to 135 albums. Ooh. Listened to and reviewed. Reviewed 135, 135 albums. Wow. And we still have lots to go, so don't worry, dudes. Yeah, we're not even on the second cubby yet, and there's, <laughs> no. what, eight? Jeez. Oh, yeah, there's years and years. We'll be like <laughs> The Simpsons. We'll be going in 30 years from now. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.